Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to Podcast Room 303. Introducing one co-host with more nuggets than Chick-fil-A, Nick Morahan. Executive producer until we find someone better, Eric Washington. Nobody really knows what he does around here. Nevada Putnam. And now, the single greatest thing to happen to hosting in history, Jermaine Antonio Colon Mendez. On with the show. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome in to episode two. Oh, two of Podcast Room 303. I'm your host, Jermaine Colon Mendez. This is my co host, Nicholas Morhan. And as always, we have with us the EPE. How are you doing this evening, Nick? I'm doing good. Um, I'm doing good. <laughs> I don't, I don't, this, this is the first time I see. I, I, I said this last episode. I plan every, almost every, everything I'm going to say for every segment of this show, every little nugget, every little fact. And the one thing I don't plan is the thing at the freaking beginning of the, the show to kick off the show for a good start. And it just really has to be something I don't have to script. It's just like, hey, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm like, ah! It's like that scene in SpongeBob where he like learns to be the fancy waiter but forgets his name. I, mean, oh. I can't find his name anywhere. Yeah, I never really watched SpongeBob, but I actually know that specific uh, scene that you're talking about. And you know what it is is – it's our generation has moved so far away from like just interacting with strangers that we're not used to somebody asking us legitimately how our day is. Right. So when someone does ask us that we have no answer because we're like, what the hell do we say to that? Cause everything else has been programmed in. And so when you get a question that you're unfamiliar with, your default answer is blank. Right. So with that being said, how are you doing this evening there? <laughs> Doing good, man. Appreciate it. Uh, I have a quick question for Nick, actually. I'm watching this Vegas Knights game five here. Mm-hmm. Um, they were just watering the ice, and it looked like there was a chip in the ice or something. There was, like, a break in it. Does that mm-hmm. – has that ever, like, stopped a game? Like, how do they maintain the ice to make sure – No. So so a lot of arenas will have, like, uh, AC underneath the ice. Okay. So they'll have basically, like, heat exchangers. So as hot as the arena gets, you're running – Basically, you're running water over cold piping, which keeps the ice cold. Okay. So basically, it's it it inst- at the second that it. So like, if you notice, if if you ever get the chance to go on like an NHL or really any ice, you'll notice that when you skate, you create friction on the ice, right? So it yeah. heats up the ice, but the surface is so cold that it just instantly freezes again. Okay. Yeah, I was just, I've never seen that before, and I was kind of thrown off. I was like, I wonder if they'll have to stop the game if there's like a chip in the ice and people can't skate. But that makes sense. They can. It'll freeze back. That's why. They, that's why they were pouring the water on it because it would freeze pretty much in a few, like you know, thirty seconds, forty five seconds, or whatever. Yeah. I mean, the 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 only. I mean, you get little like you you get. So that was an issue last year. Remember, um, in Tampa Bay, the Abs were complaining about the ice because it was so warm in Tampa that. The ice that it wasn't like the ice was soupy almost like and it was and it when it when it gets like that and it's off, you, you'll freeze. I mean, the NHL ices are a lot like, you know, like NFL playing fields. Right. So like you no ice is going to be similar. No heat. No system works at 100 percent. So 
Okay. You know, you, you can have a field, you can have an NFL field like FedEx field. Duh. That's just <laughs> a, a, an NFL field like FedEx field. That is just awful. Yeah. Right. I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's fields like, or I'm sure there's, there's ice rinks like that, but we don't hear, uh, we, we don't hear NHL players bitching that much. I feel like NHL players of all the four major sports are kind of just like go out and play. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. yeah. The ice sucks, but like, <laughs> who cares? Yeah. Uh, it was like, that was a big talking point in last year's Stanley cup finals. Yeah. And I remember how pissed people were. And I was just like, well, I mean, that's the cards you're dealt there. So if you uh, not do, but that's that's the thing. If you if hockey players start bitching about it, you know it's got to be bad. One hundred percent. I mean, these dudes lose teeth and come right back into the game. Right. So, <laughs> so that that's crazy. All right. So t- on today's episode, we'll be getting into the U.S. Open, the golf tournament, and we'll also be discussing the NBA Finals twenty twenty three. The Stanley Cup Finals won't be discussed. Uh, we'll add that to next week's podcast. Uh, seeing as they're playing game five right now. Uh, it is an elimination game, so if the Florida Panthers stave it off, they can live to fight another day. Uh, based on what we've seen thus far, not something I'm confident in. Vegas Golden Knights are – yeah, they feel <laughs> like they're outclassing them on every level, including the goaltender. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, it is – it's – it's bad, right? It's you know this. They're 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 benefiting from Florida playing like an eight seed. Florida seems to have gotten to the Stanley Cup and then started playing uh, started playing like an eight seed, which is which is really unfortunate. But you you just see. I think we mentioned it. Nevada may have mentioned it. Vegas is just a cut above. You know we'll 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 talk about it when we get to the NBA finals, but it's kind of, you know, we've, we've seen parallels between the two as we've moved through the postseasons. but it is both Western conference teams have been just a cut above. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 it you're watching both series and it's like, Oh wow. It's a one seed playing an eight seed, right? Here's the thing in the first round, when a one seed plays an eight seed, they're supposed to win in five. Right, they're supposed to sweep. They're supposed to win in five and sweep. Yeah. So why are we? It's like because we just saw them play for two months at an elite level. You know, so much better than everyone else. It's it's now that they're losing to the one seed. It's just like, well, it doesn't make any sense. This team looks so much better than. Well, it's like no, no fucking shit. <laughs> like it's a one playing an eight. I don't understand why you're confused by that concept. Now right. that that doesn't discredit how well the eight seeds played, and we'll get into that later on. Obviously, with the Miami Heat, you know what I mean. And that that's the thing. Players can get hot for two months, and players are in the positions they are because they are talented. Uh, you don't have to beat me over the head and say they're undrafted all the time um, because they're still talented ball players. There are players who are drafted. There are number one overall picks in the league who played five years in the NBA. Right? The Cleveland Cavaliers have one of the worst number one overalls ever. Jamarcus Russell is one of the worst number one overalls ever. That might be a fun uh, PCP, by the way. I'll add it in. Worst, worst first overall picks ever. Worst first overall picks ever. Whoever can build the best, uh, the best lineup. I, I think that'd be pretty interesting. So, um, yeah. All right. With that being said, 
uh, PCP has been mentioned. Let's go ahead and get into it. Today's topic is top five sports teams. Uh, well, top five teams you would have loved to see win a chip but fell short. So, um, you know, like, for example, Dwight Goodman's uh, Global Gym Vipers. <laughs> <laughs> Today's order is myself, Eric, and then Nick. Without further ado, I'd like to submit my first pick. I will take the 2007 Colorado Rockies. Yeah. Man. Uh, for, for those of you who uh, don't know the story behind this, the 2007 Colorado Rockies do what the Rockies do best. Get red hot in August and September. Make a crazy run to the playoffs. And, well, in recent history, they flame out in the playoffs. But this year... They kept it together, and they dominated September, October, and set themselves up with a fat chance to play uh, an AL team for, you know, four wins away from a title, essentially. Well, that also so happens to be the year that the Boston Red Sox decided to, um, you know, create history. They beat arch nemesis the New York Yankees, after going down 3-0, they rattle off four straight. What that was that was that was oh four you're thinking of. This was three yeah. one. Which one was this one? They just beat the Yankees. Uh, I don't think they beat. I don't know if they beat the Yankees. Hold on, keep 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 saying. Well, I mean that I can't keep saying if I don't know what team they beat. I thought the Red Sox uh, beat they, the Yankees. Uh, they did not. They beat. Uh, they they won the division. They swept the division ser- division series over the. Uh, Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, they won the championship series in game oh! six, in seven games over the 2007 Indians. Seven games versus the Indians. Okay, I and had the wrong team. The wrong. Sorry, uh, Vegas Knights just scored on a Florida power play. What a goal, too. I mean, the Some pause awesome. and the stick work in front of the goalie. Yeah, that was Mark Stone. So you had one of your goals, shots on goal. Oh wow. yeah, so That's so I, I I don't think I don't think Jermaine is 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 conveying this uh, as poetically as he can. The Rockies were down in the division so bad that they needed to win 19 of their last 20 games to force a game 163 with the San Diego Padres just to win the or just to get into the division series, <laughs> right? This game 163 came down to the 12th inning in which Matt Holiday totally touched the plate to walk off the Padres. He didn't touch the plate. He Thank did God not. Video replay was not invented then. They then, they then went through, swept the Phillies in the division series, swept the Diamondbacks in the championship series, and got swept by the Red Sox 4-0 because they had to wait 10 days before playing the Boston Red Sox disappointing such a disappointing team <laughs> such a disappointing team uh specific year and team eric it's on to you all right so i'm gonna stick in the same year and go with the 2007 phoenix suns oh i had them on my list as well i had to give nick the shout out for on the first pick though all right yeah that's the steve nash 
uh, Phoenix Suns with Amari Stoudemire, Sean Marion, uh, Joe Johnson, Leandro Barbosa, Boris Diaw. Uh, you know, just a veritable who's who of absolute dogs back in the 2000s. And they ran into the uh, Tim Duncan dynasty San Antonio Spurs. And uh, that's all she wrote. Steve Nash gets uh, checked into a scores table by Robert Ory and causes mayhem and the suspension to most of the Suns' key players ends up shifting the series into the San Antonio Spurs, um, you know, favor. And the, the rest is history, to be honest. Now Tim Duncan is widely regarded as a top 10, top 12 player all time, uh, perennially disrespected, maybe one of the like maybe the most underrated basketball player of all time because he didn't talk to the media. And, and that's kind of the same thing with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I think Kareem doesn't get enough love because he doesn't talk to the media. He, well, he didn't talk to the media and now he does talk to the media. I just found out the other day he has a comic book. <laughs> yeah. That's what I, I went to go buy it. It, it was sold out. So <laughs> Save me some money. All right, Nicholas, on to you. Uh, I'll just like you shouted out. Oh, Vegas just scored again. Jesus. Just like you shouted me out with my first pick, I'll shout you out with the first pick. Uh, 2010, 2011 Chicago Bulls. Yeah. I So we don't have to have a specific year, right? Because I didn't put specific years for all mine. Oh, well, 2010 Chicago Bulls. Yeah, I, uh, I, I just picked like eras, the Derrick Rose, Chicago Bulls. Like that's kind of how I wrote mine down. That that's right. fine. That's fine because I have two Suns teams on my list, so seven and five, in case one was taken. But we can just do the eras. That's perfectly fine. I have right. specific years, so I'll just keep it like that. But mm. uh, Bulls, Carlos Boozer, Luel Dang, Taj Gibson, Kyle Korver, Joakim Noah, Derrick Rose. Won the first round against the Pacers. Won the conference semifinals against the Hawks and lost four-one uh, to the Heat after going sixty-two and twenty in the regular season. Jermaine, over to you for comment. Uh, no comment. We don't mention Derrick Rose around me. That's right. Uh, my second pick. I'm going to go with the 1980 USSR Olympic hockey team. <laughs> you do not wish that team won a title. <laughs> That team should have won a title. Yeah. Against a bum squad of U.S. amateurs, of course they should have won. Yeah, but you don't don't want them to. It's who you would have loved to win a title. I would have loved to see them win a title. The 1980 USSR, some of the greatest Russian hockey players ever assembled on a team. If you like. I could name them all, but we don't have time. If you want to pick this team. Then you also wanted Man City to win the UCL this this past uh, weekend. All right, so it's the same thing. Ultimate, ultimately, ultimately, I would love to have seen Man City won, and I've told you guys both this multiple times. I would love to have seen Man City won. There is one man at the top that prevents me from. I should like Man City. They're the Bayern of the EPL. No, but no, they're me. not. No, they're not. What? They're the no, they're Bayern not. of the EPL. The way they play, yes. Oh, the yes, way they, they play. Okay. The I'll, way they play, yes. They do not – I thought you were saying they run EPL like Byron runs 
No, Eric, Bundesliga. they haven't won the EPL yeah, 11 I mean, times in a row. I, that's I mean, what I'm saying. I, th- I got heated for a second. I was like, they're on a good run right now, but they're historically a shit team. But I get what you're saying. They're fast. They're aggressive. I get what you're saying. Yeah, they're uh, for- they're about to run the EPL though. No, except for Pep. <laughs> I love how everyone hates Pep. He's probably going to go down as the greatest manager ever. <laughs> Look at them both assholes puckered. <laughs> All right. It's just so sad because it's probably true that he's going to go. He's going to be considered one of them. I don't agree. I think he's a piss poor coach, but. <laughs> you lying ass bitch. I think you could put fucking Nick out there with that squad and he can coach him up to a victory. But... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Nick and I have led multiple teams to championships. In yeah, you watch your mouth. You watch your mouth. I'll pull up. I'll put up. I'll pull up. Football Manager fourteen. Show you exactly my credentials, Eric. Hey, hey. If that's what it takes, man. But Le- legend status. We know when to pull the super sub out. Exactly, dude. <laughs> oh God. All right, Eric. Give us. Give us your second pick. All right, with my second pick, I'm gonna do the 2022-23 uh, Inter Milan. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I'm going to do the 0-2 Mariners, sticking with baseball, just because King Griffey is really, like, besides Barry Bonds as a kid, the only figure that I ever um, remember. And he was on that squad, right? The King Griffey? He wasn't on that squad. No. Dang. And Ken Griffey left in 99. Alex Rodriguez left in 2000. Was that the the record-setting team, though? You're thinking of the 2001 squad. No, it's the one yeah, won, 100, won 116 games. Ichiro, that was Ichiro's first year. He was AL Rookie of the Year and AL MVP. Set the hits record that year. Yeah, that's that's the sorry, that's the one I'm talking about. The 2001 Mariners, not 2002. My bad, bro. Let me let me let me read you some of the guys on this team. By the way, just guys guys that never guys that never won a title. That's so sad. Guys that never won a title. All right. Brett Boone was on that squad. Carlos Guillen, David Bell, Mike Cameron, Ichiro, Edgar Martinez. Jay Bruner was on that squad. Scott Pasednik. Freddie Garcia was on that squad. It's a good God, team. I had that on my list as well, so it was going to get picked. Um, God, stupid Mariners. Uh, 2010 Texas Longhorns. It's a good so pick. Sad. Yeah, Colt McCoy gets hurt after just completely putting it on Alabama for the first quarter, and it looked like they had no shot. Um, so, yeah, I'm going with them. That team was amazing. Jordan Shipley may be one of the best uh, college football wide receivers in history. Uh, well, maybe I'm super biased. Well, actually, I am super biased, but <laughs> that's I still remember that Colt McCoy hit, man. Ugh. And just being like, oh, it's over. Yep. We we put in uh we put in Garrett Gilbert. I, I was gonna I was gonna look up who the backup quarterback was. Garrett he, fucking he starting, didn't he the like, next year? Yeah, but who cares? We don't talk about the 2010s Longhorns. Was all, all, I, all I remember about that championship was being in the living room with my dad, seeing Colt McCoy go down, and my dad screaming at the top of his lungs saying, fucking, it's a championship game. You tape that bitch up, and you go out there and throw. 
And then at halftime, they showed Colt McCoy trying to come out to the game, and he threw the football, and it went like two yards and just dropped. <laughs> yeah, tape that, tape that bitch it, up. My man got murdered by a semi truck as he was he, running out of bounds. He could not grip the football, dude. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my dad just for Mosh, Like I get it, football players these days are kind of a little bit of pussies, but yo, he got he got hit. He got hit hard. I must have not seen the same hit, Papa Wash, because <laughs> yeah. my God. Uh, all right, very next pick, 2012 Detroit Tigers. Every my fav, One of my favorite facts, every single member of that starting rotation has won a World Series and none with the Tigers. Oh, my God, dude. Here's the thing. From, like, 2007, you saw the rumblings coming. Of the Detroit Tigers. You're like, yo, this team might be pretty good, right? Might be pretty good. Might be pretty good. And then they finally punched through at the turn of the decade, right? 2010, they finally start winning division titles. Back-to-back American League championships and no World Series to show for it. Bro, like, just I'm just going to read you the, the top 12 players from baseball reference. Justin Verlander. Miguel Cabrera. Austin Jackson, remember that name. Prince Fielder, Max Serger, Doug Fister, Alex. Uh, I don't know who that is actually. <laughs> Andy, Andy Burks, Drew Smythe, Rick Porcello, Annabelle Sanchez, Octo- uh, Octavio Dotel. Bro, just a squad, just an absolute squad of incredibly very good baseball players that just couldn't get it done. Uh, that Jose Valverde as the closing pitcher. Jesus, that Detroit Tigers team dropped the ball. They got swept by the San Francisco Giants. Although, I mean, that we all fondly remember that Giants team. So, um, I guess it kind of makes sense. But, yeah. That's <laughs> stupid Tigers. All right. Let's move on to your third pick, Eric. Uh, all right. So, with my third pick, I'm going to rock with the 2002 Miami Hurricanes. Damn, good pick. One of my picks. Feel, <laughs> Eric, Eric, feel free to explain why they're your pick. Thank you. Oh. I was like, yo, you, or, or you're like just you. Eric, Eric, I got you. They came into the game with a 34-game winning streak. They had four All-Americans, two of which were not Kellen Winslow and Sean Taylor. <laughs> two Heisman Trophy finalists, Ken Dorsey and Willis McGahee. And they got beat by Ohio State on a questionable P.I. in double overtime. It was so questionable that the field was stormed. And they had to kick the fans back into the stands. You guys remember that? Yeah. I don't actually remember that, no. They stormed the field. And they had to kick everybody back. That's kind of crazy, dude. It was a Fiesta Bowl, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. Back, Dude, bring back the BCS. It was was a much simpler time. I like the tournament now, the eight teams. <laughs> now that it's eight teams, I like it. So garbage. Is it is it eight or twelve? I think it's eight. It's eight, right? Yeah. No, I, I like the tournament. Honestly, fuck it, dude. Play six regular season games and let's go fucking NCAA uh March Madness style bracket for the rest of the year. You just seed everyone based on the first six yeah, and so just funny. You're seeing Grambling State play Alabama. <laughs> yeah, bro. Let's get it, bro. Actually, fuck that. Let's play five games and then a 128-team tournament. Just every yeah. every FBS uh, or what is it? It's FBS, right? Uh, FCS. 
Oh yeah, wait, wait. Division one, yeah, is FBS. FBS, yeah, okay. Um, I yeah, think there's 162 teams. So, just a real quick correction. It's a it's a 12 game. It's a 12 team playoff. It is 12. Oh. That's what I thought. Yeah, because yeah. the four four teams have buys. I'm looking yeah. at this list, and I'm looking at my list. I'm going to keep it with a theme here. 2001 to 2002 was some great sports years. I'm going to stick my next pick, 2001-2002 Sacramento Kings. Woo! Okay. Big three, Chris Weber, Vladi Divac, Mike Bivy, a young Paige Stoyakovich. Man. Lost in, lost in seven to the Lakers in the Western Conference Finals. Absolute, ah. absolute great series of basketball. Yeah. One of my fondest ba- basketball series, uh, that one and the Jamal Murray bubble nuggets versus the Utah Jazz bubble, uh, like Donovan Mitchell. Um, Vince Carter versus Allen Iverson. Mm. That's one of the all-time great NBA Finals series. The uh, Charles Barkley versus Michael Jordan NBA Finals. In 1993, I mean, talk about two absolute heavyweights throwing blows at each other. And still has one of the coldest lines given to the media. And Jordan was like, I only packed one suit. (laughs) You see Jokic's? He's like, never doubt the fat boy. Yeah. That's it. Oh, bro. And then, like, I was watching his post-game interview, and he was like, the job is done. Now we can go home. And I was like, oh. I was like, KG, move over, bro. This is the new quote. This shit. I was like, that's so hard. And then, all right, that's that's NBA Finals coverage. All right, Nick, go ahead. I'll stay with 2001. I'm going 2001 St. Louis Rams, the greatest show on turf. One, one yard away one yard away damn that's a good pick one yard away the greatest show on turf kurt warner amazing story marshall falk i think that was the year was that the year marshall falk set at that time the touchdown record 26 touchdowns or something i don't actually know man i would well, like the to... marshall, I, that that was just I, that was a great team all around oh dude there was so much talent it's almost shocking they didn't win yeah, they got beat by the upstart Tennessee Titans. Yeah, the upstart. Wait, wait, wait. No, the Tennessee Titans didn't beat them. That year, right? No, Tennessee Titans lost that one yard away. Oh, did they get beat by the Patriots? Was that the Patriots first? That was the beginning of the Patriots era. That's why I hate that fucking year. Yeah. Yeah, because Tennessee lost to... Oh, it was... And that year he had Marshall Falk had twelve tutties running and nine receiving tutties. So that puts him at what? Twenty one. Twenty one. Yeah. Twenty one. Twenty one. Twenty one. Oh, the Rams won in ninety nine over the Titans. Yeah, that's exactly the that's the game you're talking about. So you yeah. want you want the ninety nine Tennessee Titans then? No, I still want the two thousand one St. Louis Rams. <laughs> the greatest show on turf didn't win. You had a chance to end it. You had a chance to send Tom Brady to the scrap pile, and you couldn't do it. He won in 99, though. Brady? No, no the Rams. I know, but you had a chance to Tom Brady. <laughs> all right, all right. It doesn't all matter. Right. Eric, give us your next pick. Uh, so for this one, it's more just about wishing that I had witnessed, been able to witness history. I kind of wish the 0304 Lakers would have won the title instead of getting beat down by Detroit. 
simply because I would have liked to see Shaq and Kobe get the four Pete. Never haven't seen that done before for that aspect. So I'm gonna go with the 04 Los Angeles Lakers. Well, it's because they hated each other, Shaq and Kobe. If you listen to the national media, they hate each other, so they couldn't play together. Yeah, I mean, that's a fair point. Oh, man, there's so many teams that just got to me. Um, I will go ahead and take the 2016 Golden State Warriors. Good pick. 73 wins, right? Most all time. 73 wins in the the NBA. um, Stepped in and gave LeBron and the Cleveland Cavaliers the title they so deserved. A little I bit guess. of a questionable Draymond dick punch call, but that's okay. Yeah, it's okay. You could step over people. That's not super disrespectful or anything. <laughs> and Draymond definitely wasn't trying to shove LeBron off when he accidentally touched his Yeah. Junk. No, it, nope. We don't no room for context and nuance. Nut punch suspended for the whole season. Yeah. Not Walters. He only got suspended one game. He came back for the final two, but the momentum had shifted and the NBA made sure of that. Was that the uh, block series? Yeah, that was. Yeah, in game seven, LeBron had the block, and then Kyrie hit just one of the, the nastiest the dagger. Step-backs. The dagger. Yeah. One of the nastiest step backs you ever see. I mean, it's dope. Cleveland got the dub. Kyrie, LeBron got that dub, made the rivalry feel like a rivalry, uh, even though it wasn't. But yeah, I'll go with that one. And then. So do I pick? The New England Patriots that would have gone undefeated? Or do I pick the 2001, 2002 uh, New Jersey Nets with Jason Kidd? It's a good question. And so that's what I have to see here. I didn't think all these teams would get to me. So I will go ahead and take that. What is it? The 2007 New England Patriots or 2007? Correct. 18 and 1. So I'll take the 2007 uh, New England Patriots just to round out my list of absolute dominance, and I'm going to win PCP again. And it's like you guys don't even try. <sighs> Dude, it's fucking guy, bro. I mean, I mean right. you guys, you guys can try. Ah. <laughs> I don't even try. I, yeah, I just, I just show up, pick some random things, and just yep. call it a day. I'm batting uh, a thousand in PCP, bro. <laughs> Uh, all right, with my final pick, um, I want to preface this by saying that we're not the one of the caveats for this is you couldn't pick your own team because my number one pick would have been the 01 Lakers. Just want to put that out there. Uh, or sorry, 01 Sixers. Well, I was gonna say, Lakers. you're a Lakers fan now, yeah. But, the 01 Lakers won, Eric. Yeah, they did, unfortunately. But yeah. with my last pick, I'm gonna go with the 2012 Thunder of Oklahoma City because one, I think if they would have won, they might have been able to stay together. And that would have been awesome. And two, because LeBron would have one less ring, which would make me even happier. So no, no chance that team's staying together. What are you talking about? They could have paid them into the luxury tax. Yeah, for like a couple of years. I just don't think that team's staying together. The they their egos are unreal, bro. Yeah, yeah. Who they who they lose to, Eric? The Miami Heat. Oh, they made it to a finals, right? Yeah, they made it to the finals and lost to the Miami Heat. That was the the redemption year for LeBron after getting bummed out by Dirk Nowinski for, well, five games, six games, six games. It was right. six games, yeah. But yeah. they they made fun of Dirk for having an illness, and then he dropped 21 and 11 on him. <laughs> <laughs> and he and got the dub. 
I'm going to finish my PCP 1990 Buffalo Bills. <laughs> oh. probably, probably the closest that they've ever gotten. Uh, the New York Giants were up 20 to 19 in the final second. Scott Norwood pushed the field goal right. Uh, the Bills would 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 never get back to a Super Bowl. Oh wait, bro. So here's here's my question. They made four straight Super Bowls. Is right. that not considered a dynasty? You got to win to be a dynasty. They did. They won the AFC four times. Maybe they're an AFC dynasty. It's it's dynasty like. I'm just I'm just saying. When's the last time we saw a team win four conferences in a row? Was it the Eagles? In the NFL, it was the Eagles. But if we're talking sports, the Cavs just did it. The Warriors just did it. Like no four. What do you mean? Four Western Con- – oh, yeah, four Western Conferences for yeah. – the Eagles didn't go to four Super Bowls, did they, with Donovan McNabb? No, we went to one Super Bowl with that issue. <laughs> yeah, so then the Eagles were wrong. I, I don't know why I said the Eagles. But I mean, I, I, I think it's a good I, – I think it's a good point. I ask this all the time because it's like, yo, why does Jim Kelly get no love as when we talk about, like, best quarterbacks? Those Super Bowls gave him cancer. <laughs> Bro, he stressed about it so hard. He got cancer. Uh, that's not a. It's not something to laugh at or anything. But like, seriously, it ate him up so bad. It fucked with his internal shit. I mean, he beat it, so it's dope. But right, and he wanted to fight that matter, right? No, I'm just. It's just like, dude. Like, should we not talk about this Bills more fondly? I guess not. I I just Ameri- I think Ameri- you have America to be a champ to be winners. a dynasty. America also hates its winners. Nick just picked the USSR Olympic team. <laughs> it's a team I wanted to see win. <laughs> so uh, on my other list, so I pivoted away from my list because I put eras. I put the it, Reggie Miller, Indiana Pacers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought that would have been fire. And then I had um, the Jimmy Butler, Miami Heat. I mean, 0-2 in NBA Finals. I don't know if they're getting back. Um and then Eric already took the Phoenix Suns with Steve Nash. So I'm trying to think of any other honorable mentions. Maybe the uh, Carolina Panthers in uh, – I mean, shit, pick a year. Yeah, <laughs> Which one, Jake Delhomme or Cam Newton, bro? I got a couple. 2004, 2005, 2015, 2016. I don't know. <laughs> Take your fucking pick. 2008 when we lost to the Seahawks. I don't know. Fucking take your pick. 1995 when we lost to the Green Bay Packers, or now it was 96. Yeah, and why do you guys suck? We 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 were great up to that point, <laughs> up to the point of sucking. Yo, you have Bryce Love now. Sick. Jesus, dude, there's you guys are the worst to talk to about your own teams. I'd be hyped to have the number one overall pick. Yeah, I mean the last it's, number one, the, the last number one pick we got was Cam Newton. So maybe I should. I'm, I'm gonna <laughs> give the Cam Newton treatment. I'm gonna give the Cam Newton treatment. I'm against it for a year. If he wins, I'm I'm good. Yeah, the NFC South when we do futures for the NFC South is going to be fascinating. Yeah. Anyways, Eric, read us back the lists. Tell them why I won, and then we'll move on to head to head. 
All right, so for today's, today's pop culture pick on top five teams, uh, we would have loved to see win a chip, fell short. Jermaine had the first pick, went with the 2007 Rockies, 2010 Longhorns, 2012 Tigers of Detroit, 2016 Warriors, and 2007 Patriots. I uh, had the second pick went 2007 Suns, 2001 Mariners, 2002 Hurricanes, 2004 Lakers, 2012 Thunder. Nick had the third pick. Uh, 2010 Bulls, uh, 1980 USSR Olympic hockey team, 2001 Sacramento Kings, 2001 St. Louis Rams, and the 90, 1990 Buffalo Bills. I mean, come on. I won. Nick picked a, a country that doesn't even exist anymore. Charlie should have won. <laughs> Pretty true. I just it, I just looked it up, by the way. That was their one silver in the Olympic Games between 1964 and 1988. And they won gold the- every other year. Jesus, every other four years. Every other Olympic, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, every that's impressive, years. dude. <laughs> yeah. Wave that flag, baby. America, you bitch. All right, Eric, walk us through head to head. All right, so last week we concluded uh, uh, week 22 of our head-to-head. Um, some of us still haven't been able to turn it around. Some of us broke some streaks. Uh, but Jermaine uh, finished the week 2-1, uh, and one, bringing him to 26-34 and 34 on the season, down 7.85 uh, units. Yeah. Uh, Nick finally broke his 13-game losing streak. Uh, with the Inter City, the Inter Milan and Manchester City under, uh, he did go one and two on the week, bringing him to 20, 39, and one, down 9.35 units. Uh, I went one and two, uh, bringing me to 25 and 35 on the season, down six units even. And Nevada went one and or yeah, one and two, bringing him to 24 and 32 and one, up 2.8 units. Because he hit the Bel- the Belmont Stakes best. winner, Archangelo, at at plus eight hundred. All right, let's 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 start with me. Uh, hit a plus two twenty bet in the UFC. Shout out my boy Braden, who trains with Steve Ergek. I had I guess what you would call insider information on this bet. It's insider uh, trading. Strike it. <laughs> so. Steve Ergic, right? He put me on, told me he's really, really good. I wouldn't watch a YouTube fight of him when in the, uh, I forget what the championship or the promotion is in Australia that he won, but it was an absolute banger of a fight. Here's what's awesome about him winning this fight. Short notice, took the fight on short notice against a top 10 ranked opponent and won by decision. Uh, yeah, eat your heart out. It was yeah. his day. Deb- it was his debut. So for those of you listening, anytime you see Steve Ergek on the card, if he's at plus money or minus 110, 140, I recommend riding the line. If not, look into potential decision bets. Uh, he's going to be an absolute stud coming out of there. Also, what I had to shoot. fight in, Jermaine? What division? I'll have to double check for you. I don't remember off the top of my head. Give me one second. Also, the Chicago, the Chicago Cubs, right? I mean, talk about the wrong day to take Cubs money line. They actually lost. So on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, it was 13 to three. So if I had Chicago Cubs plus nine and a half, I still would have lost. 
<laughs> so that's how bad the bet is. Uh, as far as the UFC goes, he is a he is a flyweight with the nickname Astro Boy. I mean, that's a pretty good nickname. I feel like it's already been used before, though. <laughs> All right, let's get into Nick's real quick. I just want to point something out for the listeners. And Nick is one loss away from doubling his win total. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, all right. Here, here's the problem. I searched high and low on DraftKings, and I could not find either team to score by a header. Like method of goal header was not on DraftKings. I'm starting to get real fed up with DraftKings. But Bernardo, Bernardo Silva had scored two goals. Two of the four city headers that they had scored had been Silva, and at plus twenty eight hundred. I mean, that's if I hit that, that's that's skyrocketing me. <laughs> right yeah but it's plus 2800 for a reason ladies and gentlemen so remember angel of empire angel of empire was fourth he was one he was a neck and neck race away from finishing in the money and then intercity under two and a half goals i mean it, it feels good to break the streak and today i might go i might go three and out today to start off a new week so we're feeling good uh there, yeah look, Eric, put a plus in front of that 100. I don't want minus 100. I want plus 100. Just put put even. If it's 100, just put even. Um, Yeah, and then so let's move on to Eric here. Eric had uh, Aaron Aaron Gordon over one and a half steals plus blocks, which not hitting that bet feels wild. Right. He hit it. I went and checked. He hit it in every other game in the series. <laughs> That's how it works. So, I, look, I looked at this and I was just like, he lost that bet. I was like, that can't be right. Uh, I thought for sure that would hit, dude. He just needed one of each or two steals. <laughs> I just he don't had, get that. He had zero. He didn't even record and didn't any... record a defensive statistical stat in that game or defensive a defensive stat in that game. Not defensive one statistical stat. I don't know where my mind is going there, but he did not record one defensive stat, bro. ATM oh, machine statistical Ugh. stat. Uh, yeah, but that Jamal J- J- Jimmy Butler and Jamal Murray sixty plus points combined on the same game at plus two seventy hit. That's a fun fact. Every single one of us hit a plus money bet this week. Nick's was one hundred five, so I guess we'll count it. Everyone else was above two hundred, um, and that actually shifted your unit total fairly well. And then you had uh, a completely erroneous bet. I've been telling you for months that City would win the Champions League. And you still took Inter Milan, and it didn't cash. So I'm not sure why you're shocked there. <laughs> Last, we have uh, Nevada. Uh, tried hitting some prop bets in the NBA Finals on two different occasions, right? Wednesday and Friday. Uh, was wildly unsuccessful with Gabe Vincent and Michael Porter Jr. And what's funny is he picked the one game Michael Porter Jr. didn't have uh, a double-double. There, I think game three and game five, Mike, Michael Porter Jr. had over 10 rebounds and a double-double. So, again, that's classic. Game four seems to have gotten both Nevada and Eric. That Archangelo to win. First of all, Nick couldn't pronounce it, so that was a highlight of the last episode. Nevada rides the mispronunciation all the way to a plus 800. I mean, it's got to feel good, right? I even got texted by my father saying, like, hey, this is how to pronounce it. 
How, how do you pronounce it? I don't know. <laughs> well, you he just was said like, you... well, no, he said, he said, you know, in typical my father fashion, he goes, you know, this is not how you pronounce it. The way you pronounce it was not how you pronounce it. So I said, well, how do you pronounce it? And he goes, well, it's like Archangel, but with an O at the end. So thanks, Dad. So Archangelo? I guess. I mean, that still sounds wrong. Well, I'm going to have to go watch. I missed the Belmont Stakes. I'll go watch it and see what the announcers say when he wins. Uh, so that way we know. Because Archangelo, that's, I feel like the O at the end would make it Angelo, right? I love how we're back on this conversation. All right, ladies and gentlemen. That wraps up head-to-head. Nevada's plus units. I have the most wins. Neither of us really count because we're both shit at betting. Remember podcast motto, hashtag fade us. Let's go ahead and get into the U.S. Open, Nick. So, yeah, Jermaine, 2023 U.S. Open. It's the third major of the year. Uh, It's being played for the first time ever at the Los Angeles County uh, or Los Angeles Country Club. Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, it is a par 70. It measures 7,530 yards. Uh, if you were, if you guys are on social media at all, you saw very famously the rough around the greens and how thick it is. You drop a ball in it and it basically disappears uh, into that Bermuda grass rough. They have Bermuda grass fairways and they have bent grass greens. Speaking of, I need to do some manscaping. <laughs> <laughs> not, that would have been a great time for a sponsor, but unfortunately we're not. So this course was designed in 1921. It was renovated in 2020. Uh, this is the first major championship that's ever been held at the Los Angeles Country Club. Uh, it did it did hold uh, the Walker Cup in 2017. Um, 156 players will compete. Only 60 make the cut. Holy crap. It has decently wide fairways, plenty of hills, and runoff areas into that thick, thick Bermuda grass rough we uh, we talked about. So there's there's uh, a couple of key metrics that we look that we look at, and we put into our official our, our very official uh, Room Three Hundred Three PGA Golf model. Uh, so we're looking at shots gained on the approach, shots gained off the tee. And shots gained around the green. We also throw in a little bit of recent success. When we uh, combine these metrics, it spits out a uh, a top twenty for you, or it spits out a top twenty players in the field. Uh, I just want to cover real quick some of my uh, some of my bets that I found pretty interesting, and then and then we'll get your guys's uh, we'll get your guys's take on it. So. Um, I, I think this is I think this is Scotty Scheffler's tournament to lose. Uh, I think he's been playing great. He has the the crazy thing is at the Canadian Open last week, he shot. Um, he finished second. He led the field in shots gained off the tee, shots gained around the green, and shots gained on approach. Lost eight strokes due to his putting and still finished second. He's had in the last month, he has had four top five appearances. Yeah, he's I been hot. He, I think he is far and above uh, the the favorite going into this. Uh, Eric, did you post the odds at all? 
I do. I haven't pulled up. I just haven't shared it yet. While you were what talking. is what is Scheffler in the uh, to to win it? Uh, to win it, he is plus six fifty. So plus six fifty to win it. I like that for him to win it. Uh, another guy I'm looking. So so we're we're gonna discuss winning. We're gonna get, discuss top five, top ten, uh, and and top twenty bets here. Uh, a guy that I like to see a top five who's also been playing pretty pretty well lately. Uh, John Rom, right? Or not not playing well lately, so that's probably why he's he's flying under the radar. But John Rom um, is very good in shots gained on the approach and shot in shots gained off the tee. His his around the green kind of suffers a little bit, but he makes up for it uh, in the approach and off the tee. Uh, he's right now, Eric, his top 25 or his top five, correct me if I'm wrong, is plus 225, plus 210 up on the screen. That's excellent value for John Rom, one of the best players in the world, plus 210. A guy I'm looking at top 10. That Florida might... just scored, by the way. Oh, the, the Florida Panthers just scored. Okay. Uh, a guy that, I, that, that I'm looking at that, that seems pretty good, that, that gives pretty good value, uh, Brooks Kepka. Brooks Kepka, obviously, live guy. Uh, Plays, again, great approach player, great off the tee. Uh, is in the top 20 in the PGA in, in, in his last 20 rounds uh, around the green. and Has had one top five in the last month. Uh, he's plus 130 to make uh, to, to be top 10. Uh, he's a guy I'm looking at. And and then someone who I think, if, if I were to pick a dark horse, um, and, and he's a guy that I picked uh, very early in the week to win, uh, Victor Hovland, Victor Hovland plus eighteen hundred uh, to win. He's basically what we'll, we'll call him a a, a baby uh, Scotty Scheffler, right? Uh, he plays really well approach. He plays really well off the tee. His putting really isn't that good, but he's had two top fives in the in 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 the last thirty days. Uh, going on that same vein, uh, Tyrone Hatton. Um, Sungjim Kim, uh, and, and then a, a name that I'm going to throw out there that a, not a lot of people, uh, if you really want to take a, if you really, really want to take a flyer, um, Podrick Harrington has had two top fives. Podrick Harrington, I believe I looked it up, was was plus, plus 10,000 to win the tournament. Um, that's kind of a ludicrous bet, but he is uh, plus 815 to finish in the top 20. You might just you might just search Harrington, Eric. That'll probably be that'll probably be quicker. Padrig. What a fire name, dude. It's so Padrig Harrington plus 35,000 uh to win the tournament. That's 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 kind of like a, a shot in the dark uh player, but he does have two top fives in the last month. I smell head to head. He plays really well around the green. Uh, you know, if if you want to if if you want to take a flyer on him, uh, uh, stay on his name, Eric. He is uh, he's plus two thousand to make the uh, is that top twenty, Eric? Ten, top ten. Top ten. Uh, I have him at at, at eight fifteen plus eight fifteen to make the top twenty here. Uh, definitely, definitely a guy to look at. Um, some other guys that that. There's not a lot of guys that that check all three boxes. Inter, in, interestingly, Scheffler and, and uh, Brooks are are kind of the two guys that that check the three approach off the tee. 
uh, and around the green um, sh- shots gained. Uh, I would really say, I mean, if Brooks is Brooks is what Brooks is a plus twelve plus twelve thousand to win it, or plus plus twelve hundred to win it. Um, what are your guys' thoughts on on the U.S. Open? I love how you're like, oh, John Rahm and Brooks Kepka are under the radar, radar, and they are both the last two major winners. <laughs> so John Rahm won the Masters, uh, Brooks Kepka won the PGA Championship. So I, I don't know if under the radar is the appropriate <laughs> appropriate selection there, especially when I'm looking at the board and their their top three. Um, yeah, I mean those those are I mean this this is just indicative of of the U.S. Open conditions. I mean. You look at the last. You look at the la- the the past winners at the U.S. Open. Matt Fitzpatrick won it last year. He was six under. John Rahm won it in twenty twenty one. He was six under. Bryson won it in twenty twenty. He was six under. Uh, Gary Woodland won it. He was thirteen under. Brooks Kepka won it the two times before that. He was one over and then sixteen under. This course, this this, and and they've never played. You're, you're seeing these odds so high because you've never played a major at Los Angeles Country Club, right? We've seen the things on social media. I don't know if that's having an effect. That's pretty. This is pretty high for a major. You know, you're. We we were looking at Masters. You say plus three hundred, plus four hundred. What we're looking at. I'm saying they're flying under the. the there, there's a lot of value, I guess. Maybe not flying under the radar, but there's a lot of value in 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 guys. Even even Scheffler, who's dominating the metrics, at plus six fifty. That's almost an auto bet for me. Just throw some pizza money on it. Uh, it Pick your guy, right? P- pick your guy. Yeah. Who knows? Who, who knows how he's going to play? First time course, wide fairways. I mean, I mean, you, you don't even see Bryson in this list. Eric, scroll down until we see Bryson DeChambeau, right? He was the darling three years ago. Just right? after Cam, just after Cam Young. Keep going. Keep right going. There. Right, right there. Plus forty five hundred, Bryson DeChambeau. Like this guy can drive the ball, and with wide open fairways, right? You and 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 playing pretty decent for approach like man you you really hate to bet against bet against a guy like like DeChambeau especially when he when he has you know the top five in the in the last you know in the last 30 days in the last month where's Max Hama on that room 303 model uh great question I know he did win it as an amateur he's not on it and this has 45 names ranked Jesus, he must not be playing well. Yeah, so Max Hama was the name that I was looking at coming into. You've already mentioned Victor Hovland, and then Colin Marikawa. I think he's just fantastic at golf. So you can always get tremendous value there. Top 10 finish, plus 300. I mean, that that to me sounds great. Also, I might put a little money on Dustin Johnson at plus 3,500. I just feel like he's better than what he's performed lately. And this might be the course that knocks a lot of the other hitters out and DJ can, can sneak in where no one's expecting him. Yeah. DJ and the model predict uh, we, we have him around, you know, out outside the top 30, but you can't count him out. Right. He's, he, he's a major player, you know, a guy to watch Rory right inside the top 25, Tony Finau right inside the top 25. Um, I'd say guys like, uh, like Cameron Young, he's inside the top thirty. Uh, guys, guys that can make a run, you know, uh, Corey Connors, right? 
was 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 playing near the top at the the Canadian Open. He project he projects to be in the the top forty, right? Ricky Fowler, don't forget about Ricky Fowler, right? He should be inside the top twenty. Um, Justin Rose is playing fantastic golf right now. Don't be surprised if 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 he comes inside the top ten. So. Yeah. Yeah. Fade Cameron Spieth, by the way. Jordan Spieth. Jordan Spieth. I think he's terrific right now, but he's hurt. And uh, so I wouldn't put any money on him to win it all. He still continues to perform. I think uh, PGA Championship, he was top 20 uh, despite being hurt. I believe he was too. Yeah. He was in contention for the. he was in contention for the uh, the open last week until until his until his final round. Yeah. And so that that's just I'm just not confident in betting on him to win anything. You can you could bet him to place or show, but definitely don't pick him to uh win it all. So if it, there's there there's a there's a uh, Chilean guy named Mito Pereira. Mito Pereira, if you scroll down, Eric. Uh, do, 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 do. Mito Pereira, right there, right under, right under Corey Connors. Mito Pereira plus eight thousand to win, uh, plus fourteen hundred top five, plus sixteen hundred, plus six hundred top ten. Um, watch out for him, right? He's he's uh fourth in the PGA over the last twenty rounds in approach shots. He's third off the tee. Um, he's right outside the top twenty around the green, and. Uh, he has a top five in the last 30 days. He's kind of a guy to, he's kind of a guy that if, if, you know, I'm not going to bet him right now at plus 8,000, I think that's a little high, but you know, after round three, if he's sniffing around top 10 and he's within a shot based on how he's been playing, it's, it's definite. It's definitely a a Sunday bet for me. Yeah. I mean, why wouldn't you put it in at plus 8,000 though? Because I don't think he's going to win. Okay. I'm just, I mean, I'd if you think he could, I would rather take him at plus eight thousand. He's 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 a guy. To, he's a guy to watch. Come come round two, come round three. Watch how he plays the first round. If he handles this course well, if he makes the cut, definitely take a look at at, at putting some money on him to win because he is near the top of the PGA in in strokes gained off the tee and strokes gained uh, in approach. All right, who are we betting to not make the cut? Is a Keep Tiger Woods on there? <laughs> is Tiger Woods playing this? Uh, I don't. I don't think he is. No. Yeah, make miss cut. I'm. I'm just curious, dude. I would like to to miss the cut. Make miss cut. I'm trying to see if we can't find some value. Justin Thomas plus one seventy. I don't think he misses the cut. I would almost say like, what's what's the value on Max Hama to miss the cut? Oh, that's a good question. Because you, you know, you, 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 two forty. Yeah, I, I would, I would even say, I would say Max Hama to miss, miss the cut. Two forty, even though he's previously won here, you don't think that has any sort of juju? No. Nah. Ooh, to make the cut parlay, dude. So McElroy, Hovland, Kepka, and Thomas as plus one twenty-five. So Justin Thomas is kind of the only. The only what about the only one that's a little scary there? McElroy, Finau, Cameron Smith, Shane Lowry, plus 210. Oof. Cousin to Mike Lowry. Mike Lowry. Um, who read, read, uh, read the last name before Lowry. Cameron Smith. I don't think you have any issues with Cam Smith. Oof. 
Yeah, I yeah mean, that, I, that's a little scary. I, I think Cam Smith is the scary one for me. Eric has one highlighted of people that you specifically spotlighted. Uh, Patrick Cantley, Hatton, uh, Kim, and uh, Mito Pereira, also 240. It's not a bad one. Uh, that yeah. that that kept that Kepka, Deschambeau, Neiman, and Pereira also is a is a good one. Some of these are interesting. Yeah, I, I might take a play on one of these just because. Yeah. Yo, how do you say that name? Sahith Thigala. Where is it? Uh, it's Dustin Johnson, Patrick Reed. Sahith. Oh yeah, dude. I, yeah, I think he's an amateur actually. Mm-hmm. Is that Indian? Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right. Do you got anything else for the U.S. Open, Nick? Nothing from nothing for me. Ooh, nationality props. Asian winner, yes, plus twelve hundred. He's a he was born in Orange County, California, and went to Pepperdine University. But it doesn't say anything about his heritage. Oh, okay. Dope. That's yeah. You born in California makes sense why you play golf. <laughs> good golf weather here all the time. Uh, all right. Anything else for this? Nothing for me. All right, so that wraps up the U.S. Open. We're already an hour mark, boys. Let's just briefly touch on the NBA Finals, and we can get into it next week. So Vegas just scored again. Yes. Well, I was behind. I actually saw the goal. Fantastic. Uh, the NBA Finals uh, happened, if you haven't been paying attention. The Denver Nuggets took on the Miami Heat. The number one seed Denver Nuggets took on the eight seed Miami Heat. Um, and it ended in five games with Miami Heat stealing game two in Denver, but uh, not being able to score very much. So, first of all, Nick, do you have your jersey? Uh, I do not have my jersey, no. Wow. Wow. I you did, said, I, you it, said it, you would wear it. You said you would wear it. Those I did say I would wear it. It's, just, it's reflective of the attitude I have for the Denver Nuggets. It's almost, it almost makes me wish the Nuggets had choked. I, I wish the Nuggets had choked too. Or at least <laughs> at the game, uh, game seven. I just the 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 thing about this series is that, and we we talked we we touched on it at the beginning. It it was it's it's really just every time Miami made a run, and it looked like they would pull away, and it looked like oh we we've seen this before where. You know, Miami against Boston, who's a really good team. Miami against Milwaukee, who's a really good team. Miami had these teams against the ropes, and Miami knocked them out. It seemed like this was a Rocky movie with Denver, where Miami got them against the ropes, beat the shit out of them. And there's Denver still standing. Fight's not over. Bell hasn't rung yet. Yeah. Uh, so th- that's a good point. So let's let's just look back at the Western Conference Finals real quick, right? So Denver had a 4-0 lead, and every single one of those games was close. The opposing team had the opportunity to steal the win and, and make it a series, and Denver found a way every single game to make the key championship-winning plays uh, to ice that series 4-0 and move into the, to the finals. Uh, that rest definitely helped. Uh, Jokic sprained his ankle in game four. Uh, you know, Jamal Murray also sprained his ankle in game four. Bam Adebayo sprained his ankle in game five. I mean, these guys are all 
so banged up. Uh, and it's just kind of the war of attrition to get it done. Are you saying that Golden Knights scored again? Yeah, this game is getting out of hand real quick. Oh, yeah, they just scored on my screen. In, in Vegas, up Oof. 4-1. Oof. This is what I wanted game five to be like in Colorado. Yeah, fuck you. You jinxed my bet, though. <laughs> Holy cow. Damn. Hey, I picked the Vegas Knights to win it. I am blown away with how good this team is. And this goes back to on this podcast, I don't know what episode, Nick and I talked about Jack Eichel ending up on the Vegas Knights. It was like two years ago, I think, that he ended up and he's finally healthy and he has made a huge difference for this team. And that is the piece that put them over. It makes me even better that they beat their old coach on the way to this so it makes me feel even better because fuck that guy. I don't think he's that good. Uh, that's a shot at you, Nevada. Um, but yeah, let's get back to the, to the basketball at hand. Um, so Denver Nuggets just found a way to win every single game. And every single game was one just a little bit different, right? Jamal Murray took over, right, in the fourth quarter and just stretched the lead until it was too far. And then you saw that kind of championship moxie carry over into the NBA Finals, right? In game one, Denver played terrible, and Miami looked outstanding. They just couldn't hit jump shots. If my, and Miami let that one get away. If they were making shots like they had done in all of the first three series, Miami probably wins game one and completely changes the complexion of the series. Uh, game two happens. Denver makes no adjustments. They just think they're better than the Miami Heat and they're going to get this W. Miami hits the shots that they missed in game one and steals game game two on the road for Denver's first loss in the series, right? Mike, Michael Malone, right, comes to the press conference and absolutely crucifies his team for the second game in a row uh, to the media. And that... Michael Malone pressed all the right buttons to get this done correctly. And I just think he did an outstanding job coaching this team. And so game two lost, team gets called out. Game three, they respond. It's the first time that, you know, Denver's defense – now, it's not world-class, it's not top-tier, but it's the first time it showed up in the Miami Heat series. And, you know, Denver Denver actually put the clamps on the Miami Heat offense. And Miami kept running plays, and they kept getting things open. They would miss a shot, or they'd make a shot. But Denver would come down and answer against Miami's vaunted zone, against Miami's man defense, against Miami's blitzing uh coverage for the pick and roll and there was nothing they could do for a Murray Jokic pick and roll game three cemented Denver takes a 2-1 lead and now game four comes game four the Miami Heat have absolutely got to be kicking themselves they have been lights out in clutch time games and that is the difference between the Miami Heat making the NBA finals and missing when the game was in the fourth quarter and Miami was within five points Miami did every single thing correctly, whether it was defensive assignments, forcing touch shots, not giving any offensive rebounds. Miami, through the first three games, I think had like 25 turnovers versus the Nuggets, which is absolutely bonkers. Three games, they have like 25 turnovers? Yeah. Like that's that's elite 
right? That's that's almost that's a two more than two turnovers a quarter. And that's how Miami got here in the first place. They got more free throws. They shot better from three. They didn't turn the ball over, and they didn't give up offensive rebounds. And those are championship-winning plays. That's how Miami got there. If you coach a team, that's what you're coaching a team to do. And in game four, Nikola Jokic is in foul trouble. Aaron Gordon's in foul trouble. Jamal Murray had issues with fouls as well. And the whole question, this whole playoffs, was how would the Nuggets play when Jokic was sitting? Jokic picks up five with about 10 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. The Miami Heat are down eight. This is the time Miami always strikes and makes the run and takes the lead and never relinquishes it. But Jamal Murray said, nah, Jokic is good, but I'm good too. And he took the team on his back and generated good shot after good shot after good shot. And, and in fact, in fact, Jokic didn't come back until the four minute mark of the fourth quarter in that game. The nuggets lost one point while Jokic was on the bench. One point. The Miami heat had the game exactly where they wanted it and just could not get over the hump. And that speaks to the quality of opponent in Denver right? Denver runs a legit offense. They have legit schemes. Their players like make cuts and play together as a unit. And that was the difference between the Mike Budenholzer Milwaukee Bucks, right? That was the difference between the Tom Thibodeau. Uh, always his teams don't have an offense, New York Knicks, despite the regular season statistics saying the New York Knicks had a top five offense that's conflated because of the amount of free throws they would get, the limited turnovers, and the amount of offensive rebounds New York Knicks get is amazing. It's all effort, energy, and hustle. That's how they ended up having that top five o- offense. Well, guess what? You can't count on that in the postseason. And the Miami Heat dusted them. And that was the one series. And here's here's what everyone forgets, right? They shot fantastic against the Bucs. They shot terribly against the Knicks because the Knicks are a great defensive team. Still beat them because the Knicks can't score against the Heat's defense. And then against the Celtics, it's a tale of two halves of that series, right? The Heat shoot lights out the first three games. They shoot terrible the next three games. And game right. seven's anyone's ball game. Jason Tatum sprains Nagel. Heat move on. So that's exactly how the the Miami Heat got to the NBA Finals. Denver in game four, Michael Malone does something that he doesn't rarely do. He goes small when Jokic gets hurt, right? It's a small guard-heavy lineup. I believe it – If I, I'm maybe mistaken, but it was Jamal Murray. It was KCP. It was Bruce Brown. It was, it was Aaron Gordon and – Who's a white guy? <laughs> and then Brown, right? Christian Brown. Brown Christian Brown or Brown or whatever. Christian Braun. Braun. Christian Braun. That's incorrect. Is They say his name Brown. Now, it's spelled Braun, and I'm with you guys. That's how it should be said. But because his parents uh, probably came from Germany, and they have that Braun name, <laughs> they, uh, they say Brown. I don't know why. It, it makes no sense because it's Braun, but that's what they say. That's- Does LeBron have a – trademark on the on the name braun (laughs) you imagine that'd be so funny uh but that lineup worked michael malone presses yet another great button against you know the person nobody could stop talking about was eric spolstra so i that's why i'm coming on here and i'm spotlighting michael malone because michael malone uh out coached eric spolstra 
right? Yeah. Eric Spolstra tried everything on defense, including lineups we had never seen the Miami Heat play. Like he had Kevin Love, Caleb Martin, uh, Bam Adebayo, Kyle Lowry, and Jimmy Butler on the court at the same time. They ain't scoring buckets like that, but they were trying so desperately to stop the Nuggets that that's what he threw out there. A uh, Tyler Zeller didn't play like the first two games, and then and then got thrown in and started getting more minutes. And he, Tyler Zeller got cooked by Jokic all series. So my 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 question to you, Jermaine, as as and, and I guess Eric too, as as the basketball heads of this podcast, does does Tyler Hero change this this series? Absolutely, absolutely, How? yeah. So Tyler Hero, the, so the one thing the Miami Heat were lacking, right, when J- Jimmy Butler was going, was was struggling, right. So Jimmy Butler started struggling. It looked like the injury caught up to him. Everything he did was in slow motion, right? One thing Tyler Hero affords the Miami Heat is he's one guy who can go and get his own shot, right? Tyler Hero is a certified bucket getter. Tyler Hero, by himself, no offense run, can break a defense down, get himself a shot, or get someone else a shot. And that's what you saw when Bam Adebayo and Jimmy Butler were both standing in the in the right corner or sorry, the left corner, they were, there was literally in game five, in the fourth quarter, Jimmy Butler gets the ball out of a timeout, uh, takes a jumper, bricks it. They go down, Nuggets miss, they get the board, they come back down, and Jimmy Butler and Bam out of Iowa both go stand in the corner. Those are your two offensive initiators. Both yeah. of them did not want the ball in the fourth quarter in an elimination game. Right, this was before Jimmy Butler went on a, a 12-0 run by himself. So, like, you know, but you got to call a spade a spade, right? If you're going to praise Jimmy Butler for all the dope things and great things he did in this postseason, you got to call him out. I'm curious to see what's going to go on with this injury, right? So, LeBron, we found out about LeBron's injury. We all, or I suspected everyone else was saying that he got slow. I was just like, no, I think he's hurt. LeBron's hurt. So, I'm curious to see what's going to happen with Jimmy Butler. But everyone's hurt, man. You got to play, right? Being hurt doesn't mean you don't come get the ball. It doesn't mean you you stop taking jump shots. Jimmy Butler repeatedly got into the paint in this series and didn't take the shot. Wasn't aggressive. Jimmy Butler scores a lot of his points at the free throw line. He wasn't getting to the free throws. He wasn't getting to his free throws to get his bread and butter. And the free throws is what makes his shot wet later on in the game because he's seen it go in. He's in a rhythm. He feels good about himself, right? But Jimmy Butler was shying away because he didn't have the same lift. He didn't have the same base. Everything he did was off two feet. The whole playoffs, Jimmy Butler was playing off two feet because Jimmy Butler got hurt in the Miami, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks series. That's what nobody talks about that either. He missed a game in that series. He yeah. got hurt. He sprayed, he sprained his ankle in the Knicks series, missed a game in that one, right? So Jimmy Butler was dealing with a back and ankle issue. Everything he did was off two feet, right? So you could literally put on tape of Jimmy Butler and his footwork was, I mean, you could tell he was studying some Kobe Bryant tape because or Michael Jordan, because he's in the paint, pumping, moving, pumping, and he would get a layup because everyone kept jumping and he was so scared. But Jimmy Butler couldn't explode off one leg, right? How are you taught to lay the ball up? Off one leg, 
off one leg because you're you can in stride you can explode towards the basket you lay it off the glass if you go watch every jimmy butler play he comes to a jump stop and then he goes up right and that's how boston actually broke him down in those three games they did win because robert williams who had an illness in game seven robert williams started guarding him and when he would get to a jump stop he would swallow up anything that jimmy butler was doing to the point in game six, which they still lost, Jimmy Butler started exploding off one leg. Every time he did it, you saw it took a toll on him to the point where he's in the Nuggets series. He's got nothing left. He looks tired. He, he, looked, he looked tired. So he missed so many shots in the front of the rim, right, in the NBA Finals. And then when he overcompensated, you see him explode a little higher in his jump. His ball would hit the back of the rim. Yeah, he his base was compromised, right? Nobody's gonna talk about it, and there's no excuses, bro. It's the NBA Finals, dog. Be hurt, be hurt today, not in the game. But shout out to Denver Nuggets in Game Five. It's one of the best basketball games I've watched in a very long time. My goodness, there was a competitive fire that I haven't seen from two basketball teams on the court at the same time in ages i mean neither team this was a must win for both teams and that is how both teams played kyle lowry you go look at his stats he's like four for 15 all four of them were three-point shots they were big time three-point shots i'm talking like shots like did kyle lowry really just hit that there was an offensive rebound kyle lowry is about like 29 feet from the bucket and when he goes to scoop the rebound, he looks at the clock on the other end of the court, turns around, knows it's a two-for-one possession to end the third quarter because there's about 30, 33 seconds left, and he just takes the three like he's practiced all his life and sinks it from 29 feet. I'm just like, yo, Kyle Lowry, take a bow. I mean, you go look at the rest of his stats. He, I think he had over seven rebounds. He had over seven assists. He had a couple steals. Kyle Lowry played like an absolute dog. That is what you want from a point guard. Kyle Lowry proved that he's a truly great point guard. Now, he's not going to be finishing. We're not talking about goats and who's the best point guard. I don't have those conversations anymore. But Kyle Lowry, Kyle Lowry had established himself as a truly good point guard. So, I'm sorry. I, I got sucked in there. Uh, Vegas Knights have scored again now in that whole rant that I had about the NBA Finals. I could literally talk about this series. That's uh, Coach, that was Coach Jermaine breaking down film. We need to, we need to incorporate the, the video board and NBA highlights in the, in, the, in the future episodes of Room 303. Uh, dude, I, I love watching basketball. I love the ins and outs, the X's and O's, and how these coaches compete and change everything and how the teams and the players – Will compete uh there i can call up moments and plays and, and all that you, stuff you and eric can race to the big board <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna tie eric's feet in cables right. yeah, <laughs> all right so I, I i bloviated about the nba finals you guys got anything you want to talk about on this series i i mean i i, I started you off on the rant it's just and now i'll i'll bookend it by saying like denver fought a Western conference finals and uh, a, an NBA finals to remember. I mean, like you like punch and counter punch is, is what the title of 
of uh, of of Denver's series should be. You know, get knocked down seven times, get back up eight. I mean, they were they there were times when you know you would see a team start to pull away, whether it was the Suns or whether it was the Heat, start to pull away with that eight that that you know that that three possession, four possession lead. You know, later in the third quarter, the start of the fourth quarter, when other teams, the Bucks. The Sun or the 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 Bucks, the the Celtics kind of kind of withered. The Nuggets just kind of kept playing. They're like, hey man, just keep making keep making jump shots. Keep keep making keep making shots. Keep sticking to our game. I, I think I said to you guys before game five, like this is such a tough series to bet. Because if you're trying to bet the Nuggets side, like there was a game where the, the, there was a game where they had oh the Knights just scored again. Uh there was a game where, you know. No, Jokic had had two games where he had four assists. He had two other games where he had seventeen and thirteen assists. Like the the Nuggets had, like you said, if they weren't getting production from him, they were getting production from somebody else. You know, it, it was like it, every player would have a game, a good game every other game, right? So that that's that. that those are my thoughts, at least. Yeah, um, some fun stats. So uh, Denver. Went four and one against the Timberwolves, lost game four, right? They went four and two against the Phoenix Suns, lost games three and four. From games three and four on, Denver went 10 and one, right? Jeez. So, and here's the thing everyone's just like, oh, everyone wants to say now that Denver was the clear best team in the NBA this year, uh, despite them having a losing record on the road. Uh, despite them also not being the favorite against the Phoenix Suns in that series. Does anyone remember that? The Phoenix Suns were the favorite to win that series. Yep. And then they got crushed by 30 in game six because they have no fucking spine, right? Then they, they go and sweep the Lakers, who, might I add, a lot of pe- uh, was a very trendy pick with a lot of people, right? So now everyone wants to say that Denver was the clear cut you know, it was the clear cut favorite all year long. And it's like, how are you going to just change your fucking narrative when you were down? All I heard about was like, can the Lakers win a championship this year? Bro, most of the ESPN talking heads didn't even know Nikola Jokic was this good. And they're the ones who vote for MVP. Isn't that some shit, bro? Isn't that some shit? So someone just told you to vote Nikola Jokic the, all the other years? <laughs> they got it wrong. He was good. Jeez. So, and then shout out Jamal Murray. Four straight games to open his NBA Finals career with a double-double. Uh, going over 10 assists in four straight. I believe he had eight assists in game five. Eric, can you look that up for me? Um, Nikola Jokic, MVP. Didn't even touch the trophy. Didn't care where it was. Just couldn't care. Just couldn't care less about any of the trophies. Uh, was just there to drink beer, and he's he's upset. He has to go to a parade. You saw that? I that's that's I, I don't know how I feel about that. I mean, I I I, I guess we'll we'll wrap it up because we are talking about this, but that's kind of annoying to me. Oh, uh, it's it's kind of annoying. Like I don't know. Like smile at least. Like, dude, you've you've already made your you you you've already made your millions. If if getting back to your horses is so important, why are you going through all this stress of an eighty-two game regular season plus 
however many however many games, just go back to your fucking horses if you're not going to touch the trophy or care about winning. Like, yeah, give up then if you don't I, care. It's it's just funny because Jimmy Butler and Nikola Jokic are just the anti-star. Right. They they both really only care about basketball, and that's it. Right, and they only care about playing basketball the right way, and so I, I can see your side of it. I I think it's a, a unique charm to Nikola Jokic. Jokic doesn't want to be in the spotlight, right? He probably has never been in the spotlight in his life, and he's not comfortable there. And you can see it when the way he talks and, and carries himself. He doesn't want to be the spotlight. Every time they ask Jokic about himself, he talks about everyone else on his team. So, like, I get, I can get both sides to it. I think it's a unique charm, and it's kind of refreshing uh, coming from the the stars of the 2000s and the 2010s because it's he's just the antithesis of it. And he came in and destroyed uh, the foundation uh, that American Hoopers had established before. Right? He's not the most athletic. Uh, he he doesn't have an NBA body, <laughs> like. And he's still out there, and he has probably uh, this might be a overreaction because I just watched so much of Nikola Jokic. He has currently he has the best touch in the NBA. He may have the best touch ever besides Kareem. And and that's that's saying something. Uh, but yeah, we're running a little late. Uh, sorry. Thank you for everyone who's listening. We appreciate you for hanging through this. We're at the one twenty four, almost one twenty five mark. You guys got anything else for the tens and tens? Nothing for me. Mm-mm. All right. So follow Mm-mm. us on YouTube. <laughs> he says begrudgingly. <laughs> um, follow us on YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter at Podcast Room three zero three. Follow our. Uh, our i guess sister pod sounds kind of odd to say it that way uh revenge of the pod on all platforms that you listen to podcasts and uh we'll see you next time when you come on down well actually hold on sorry for jermaine nick and eric we'll see you next time when you come on down and step into the mix